right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about The Iron Claw. This is going to be a heavy one, but uh, we got a lot of great puzzle pieces to get into on this one. This family of wrestlers that are just absolutely ravaged by tragedy. Um, it's an incredible movie, though. And joining me to talk about it, we've got Ben Miller returning to the podcast. And we'll get into a lot of really good stuff in this. So uh, that is coming up here in a second. Before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Uh, Aside from that, I do want to remind you, you know, we've been doing episode after episode after episode. There's been a lot of movies to cover lately. So if you've been listening and you've been enjoying the show, and if you have any puzzle pieces that you think of for any of these movies we've been covering, uh, anything that we didn't mention already, send them in. You can email me, you can uh, tweet at me, go in that popcorn and puzzle pieces group I mentioned. I'd love to hear your pieces and hey, maybe even get you on the show one of these days. So get in touch And with that said, let's talk about the Iron Claw. All right, we've got Ben Miller with us to get into the Iron Claw. Ben, how are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. Um, I I, I appreciate you keeping the normies in your mind after you you have now reached a new stratosphere of fame Mm -hmm. with your famous Bradley Cooper viral tweet, which, which... which I saw the viral tweet, laughed at it. Then I realized it was you. I didn't realize you were the, because so many people were sharing it. It makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, to laugh at Bradley Cooper and and be upset at Oppenheimer at the same time. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I, as, <laughs> I, I, I was debating, uh, tweeting about this today at the time that we're recording this, but that tweet was seen by already, I think, 1.2 million people. Wow. <laughs> and you want to know how many downloads uh, the Dungeons and Dragons episode that that tweet was about got yesterday? Uh, I'm guessing five? Six. So, yeah. Six. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, uh, move the needle, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, don't go chasing uh, viral fame. It does nothing. <laughs> absolutely nothing. And, 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 and me and you have done the same thing. We have tweeted random things that we thought are great and nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. And then there's no rhyme or reason to why certain things catch on or don't no it just sometimes it catches and sometimes it doesn't that just happens we certainly don't try yeah it just kind of happens just happens pure randomness anyway we're here to talk about the iron claw which uh you know was a uh (sighs) boy i this is gonna be such a heavy episode this is such a heavy movie and uh subject matter i i think we should start off did you know the von eric story going into this because i didn't like i was a wrestling fan in the 80s but like it's so long ago, and maybe I did at the time know, but I didn't really remember any of this stuff. It's funny because everybody I talk to about, oh, I'm going to watch this movie, and they're like, oh, the Von Erichs, Von Erichs. Of course, I live in Dallas, mm-hmm. so that helps that everybody's like, I saw them at the this place, I saw them at this place. So people I knew had seen them in person. I was not much of a wrestling person, mm-hmm. so I was not. I did not have much foundation. Then I found out a little bit about it. And then whenever I looked at research, the Von Eric family, you're like, Oh, this is going to be a downer. Yeah. Like th- there's no way this is going to be a happy story movie. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, it's, 
there it's very much a like no these guys are local legends like i talk to people who care in the least bit about wrestling around here they're like this is it's like the funks the von erics like mm-hmm. those are the kind of the texas wrestling legend names yeah and it, they're taking they people are taking this very seriously no yeah for sure and you kind of get why i mean this is such an american yeah. thing these like dynasties oh, yeah. of you know you know especially with sports yep. So it's, it's interesting. I think this is going to be an interesting conversation. I mean, there's lots from the wrestling angle, but there's also from the family angle, from the, mm-hmm. the masculinity angle. There's so many things going on with this movie. I think we should kind of just jump right in and start getting the puzzle okay. pieces. We'll get to, you know, various aspects of the film along the way. Uh, let, let's do it. What do you have for your first piece? So since this is a very serious movie, a very serious topic, I decided it's like, I got to find something that is not that, but is also not really all that serious, mm-hmm. um, but kind of has the flow. Varsity Blues. Okay. So Varsity Blues connects in a very, very specific way, because I was trying to think of a sports movie where a father is chasing the dream that he could not get sure. through his son. Yeah. And in that in that film, James Vanderbeek ascends to the starting quarterback, and the dad is the constant catalyst of... You got to get in there. This is your opportunity because he didn't, the father didn't have the option to do that. Sure. The Von Erich family is so propelled by the perceived slights uh, upon the, upon the father, the patriarch of the family, whenever he was a wrestler, essentially like he, he kind of convinces the, his family's like, I was deprived of the potential to be great. Because of the powers that be, not having anything to do with himself, right? Um, uh, Fr- Fritz, Fritz von Eric, the uh, the patriarch of the family. Yeah. So he kind of pushes it all on the kids to be like, "You got to do it," because they took it away from us, and it's our thing to have. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And that that's such a a stereotype. Like it's such a char- yeah. you know a, an archetype, yep. really. Uh, of of these these sports guys who just like thrust all that responsibility on their kid and. Uh, yeah, Varsity Blue is a great example of that. Also, I just was saying about how American uh, this story is, you know, like, mm. is there anything more American yep. than Varsity Blues? I mean, come on. Absolutely not. So yeah. uh, there is one thing that's more American than Varsity Blues, though, and it's my first puzzle piece. And it's so funny you started out with a light one because I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> I'm going with Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> my first one. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. Wonderful. And, and yeah, if you ain't first, you're last. And that is absolutely the uh the the message, the the family motto yes. that uh that that the father imbues upon his kids here in the Iron Claw. And of course, you know, th- this movie is fun at times. Like there there is like mm. all the stuff with the family, like they they have a great rapport. The the all the, you know, the actors are they really sell the love of this family even amidst all the darkness but yeah i mean so it is very funny and like you know things like varsity blues and talladega nights but um you know mainly you've got you've got the south you know you've got sports you've got you know the the giant stakes of a sports movie you've got this kind of asshole father figure who's pushing his kids and you know instilling the the worst possible machismo tough guy lessons on him and uh it's really just a uh you know a cameo with gary cole and talladega nights but he (laughs) he leaves an impression though through that whole movie for sure the funny thing the iron claw does and you know you don't really think about it till afterwards you're like okay well it's 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 made kind of clear it's like well the villain of this movie 
is is the father mm. even though it's not like outwardly like he's the villain and he's doing all these villainous things you just kind of understand like he's kind of the the reason things are going wrong is because of him sure and he never really gets a comeuppance and he never has a self-actualization right it's just kind of like yeah you know he thinks he's right and nobody's gonna tell him wrong yeah nobody's gonna tell him otherwise and he just that's just how his life is it's it's much more um unfortunately painfully real sure. like the the idea of a oh i've 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 been i've been terrible to you guys all along i'm so sorry i'm going to change my ways is a very hollywood esque thought process of it and that's not what this movie does sure sure absolutely although and this is something like i i could have went and read about the real von eric yeah. family but i didn't but at the end, at the credits, they do show a picture of the real family who now all lives on uh, the Zac Efron character, Kevin's ranch. And I could have yes. swore I saw who is probably the dad character on that ranch. So either they made up or they were okay after all this shit went down. I don't know, but... I mean, it certainly doesn't seem like it's something that... like. In the in, in the movie, you're just like, well, when are these kids going to come to the realization that their dad sucks? Yeah. <laughs> and even as adults, they never do. Sure. They're just like, oh, he's my dad. I love him. You know, even the, like the audience, he's like, he's saying these terrible things. He should, they should react this way. And that that's one of my favorite things about Sean Durkin. He's just like, I'm not, I'm going to like, oh, you expected to go this way? He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to keep it way realer than you expected to go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, what do you got for your next piece? Um, probably the closest in, uh, tone mm -hmm. to the film. And, uh, um, uh, the one that probably immediately came to mind was Foxcatcher. Oh yeah. Um, you talking about like, obviously it's different kind of wrestling, but it has some interesting dynamics with brothers and competition and pushing your body to limits that are probably not good places to push your body to. Sure. And like trying to like in that film, you know, Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo were, you know, obviously Channing Tatum being the actual, uh, the, the one being pushed for the f factual of the, like, you're the wrestler going out there and doing stuff. He pushes himself to such limits and Mark Ruffalo is just trying to get him. He, he's essentially like Steve Carell as the mentor is like, you're, you're going no matter what. And Mark Ruffalo is the brother who is like, not no matter what. Let's take a step back. Not no matter what. Mm -hmm. There are limits to this. And it's kind of that that mix between, well, do you want to be great or do you want to stay alive? Yeah. And there are levels of this movie and that movie that mix very well. I think Foxcatcher is a much darker and and like foreboding film. Sure. And and and, and the Iron Claw is just sadder. Yeah. Um, it, it like the, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's a double feature. Uh, for the love of God, do not watch those two movies back to back. Yikes! I cannot imagine getting out of that well. But I mean, um, it, you know, they're they're, they're spiritual cousins. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. I I think also like even though like you said like one is darker, one is sadder. They do both have that that air about them that like this is just gonna go wrong like i feel i don't yep. i don't know how like i said i didn't know the the real von eric family like yep. you know tragedies but you just know like this isn't going to last things are going to go bad and that was the same thing with foxcatcher which is a fantastic movie and uh, a great yeah. pick to bring in here um i'm gonna go for my next one uh shout out to uh my buddy jason harris who always joins me on the trailer episodes he brought this one up to me uh but i wanted to include it 
The Virgin Suicides, Sofia Coppola. Ah. This is an interesting uh, Great parallel. choice. I think so, too. I think it's like a really interesting thing with just this family where for some reason, just awful, awful tragedy. It, there's no escaping it. And uh, it, you know, the, these people, they do think of it as a curse and in, in yep. this movie. And even though... At the beginning, you know, Zach Efron's like, I don't believe in curses. And like slowly but surely, he believes that that's he, exactly he what's happening. Be, yeah. yeah, very much so. Yeah. And you see it on his face as it's like kind of coming to that realization. It's just horrible because like, you know, I don't know about you, but like I, I am not a superstitious person. And like I don't. But if I was in his shoes, I think I would maybe start to be like, Jesus Christ, there's something going on here. Yeah, it's and, and that's kind of the. Like you said, you you should you know this is not going to go correct, and you're like, well, like Zach Efron's character, Kevin on Eric is like, even though he's like he's the one who survives, you're like, but I mean, like it's not exactly like he had a clean road the whole way. It's not like he's been like, oh, everything's been going great. No, no, like it's it's been a rough go of it, regardless, and all of this tragedy that befalls him. So I mean, um, the the Virgin Suicides part is really really interesting, especially like. You know, the the when I think of that film, you think of the parents of Kathleen Turner and James Woods. They were kind of like, uh, they were in cahoots. Mm -hmm. Like they were like they're 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 like our how we're sheltering our daughters and what we want them to do. With like it's like we're we're in lockstep about this. And the Iron Claw seems to be fully the dad is the pusher of this, and the mom is kind of just like I'll feed you guys. I'll do this. It's like, hey, I have a problem with dad. It's like that's a brother thing. That's you and dad. Like, it it it's kind of stay out of it as opposed to right. Um, but that's an interesting dichotomy where it's like the the mom's not she's not innocent in all this. She knows exactly what's going on. exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Like, yeah, she's she's not innocent. Like, maybe she's not actively uh, pushing her kids into this you know horribly kind of self destructive like life or yes. you know she's yes. she's not pushing them to, towards it but she's certainly not helping and certainly enabling the father to to be able to continue pushing them yeah yeah and i mean one one thing this film does more than the other is it's it's really i i, th I thought i thought um more attorney was incredible oh, in yeah. this film yeah. i thought she was great um but the 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 like I, I think of myself as, as as a parent, and I'm like, man, my I care so much about the well being of my kids. I can't imagine letting them do this kind of thing. And neither of the parents seems at all really concerned about their well being outside of a wrestling standpoint. Sure, sure. It's always just like, how is it going to impact the business this family runs? Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily what does it do to this family. It's the financial implications of this family is concerned going forward. Absolutely. Well, let's move on to another piece. What do you got next? Okay, so um, cheating a little bit here uh, because I cannot imagine. I, I I am sure that uh, Sean Durkin uh, probably used this as a uh, example. It's actually a television series, The Dark Side of the Ring. Hmm. Um, the Dark Side of the Ring uh, is exactly what it sounds like. It is a uh, it was a series where they interview uh, wrestlers about the things that went wrong. And I mean, they talk about the killing of Bruiser Brody. The last of the Von Erichs on the Von Erichs family was the, was in the first season. Mm. Uh, you know, obviously they go into Chris Benoit, 
the uh, the death of Nancy Argentino and, J- and Jimmy Snuka, like all that, all that famous wrestler stuff. Um, oh, I forget the guy who fell off during a pay per view. Who uh, is that? A heart? Was it Hart? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Kevin. Uh, yeah, the yeah, one of the Hart. Owen Hart. Owen, Owen Hart. Owen Hart. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So like stuff like that. And what that do- that show really gets into, like, it's not it's it's not a show where it's like. Oh, you know, it's like a documentary from it's like, no, 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 it's inside access. And it's like, oh, I was wrestling with a broken kneecap because this promoter said I had to go out there or I didn't get money and my daughter had leukemia. And it's just like, oh, wow, this is so much worse than I ever imagined it actually was. Yeah. And and the toll, like the my one of the best scenes in the Iron Claw is the uh uh, Kevin Von Erich gets a uh, uh, essentially not a title shot, but he gets kind of that precursor to a title shot. Mm-hmm. And they have a big, uh, there's a big wrestling er- uh, time, and he faces whoever he f- I, he was facing the champion at the time, and he gets body slammed on the concrete, mm-hmm. and the the acoustics and the the slapping of the skin it just it feels so terrible and you're like i cannot believe this man is about to stand up yeah and he gets through it and you're just like oh no and you know you think of you know the all the the problems that wrestlers have today and concussions and all that kind of stuff and at least there's the visibility of it in the 80s and 90s was the wild west yeah like they could do anything and and it's just it it, is so unhealthy and uh, I'm sure Dark Side of the Ring played into that and, you know, the personalities and all that kind of stuff. No, uh, yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen that series, but um, I'm sure it's just depressing as hell. Uh, mm. <laughs> you know. It is. Yeah. It is. It, does, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't exactly paint, paint the greatest picture. Like, it's for wrestling fans who are like, oh, yeah, this I know this story. Let's dig into this. Yeah. It's not like, oh, I want to get into wrestling. Let's, let's read about Jimmy Snooker. It's like, eh, I don't know if we want to. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, you know, as long as we're talking about the uh, dark side of wrestling, uh, it's an obvious one, but let's go with Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler. Um, Obviously. Yeah, it has to be on this list. Um, Mickey Rourke is just phenomenal in that movie. Um, But just this guy who, uh, you know, basically is deciding to, like, leave it all in the ring. And this is kind of the opposite, because this is a guy who, despite... Uh, you know, the pain and tragedy and, and depression and grief, like decides to live basically. And so, yeah. you know, it really is kind of the, the, the complete opposite of where the wrestler goes, but in those moments of showing the wrestling and showing just what that world does to a person uh, is absolutely drawing from that same well of experience of what these guys must've gone through in the eighties. That's a really, I, I really like what you just said there about like Mickey Rourke decides it's like, you know what? This is my life. I've never felt more alive. This is it. And Zac Efron's character decides to change that. Yeah. And like you said, he's like, it, my life's not going to be defined by this. I have other things that can make me happy. And um, I was at the world premiere of the Iron Claw at the Texas theater in Dallas. Hmm. And uh, it was there with, and, and on the stage was Kevin Von Erich. And he was there and he looked great and he looked healthy. He didn't look, he, he jumped up the stairs. He's <laughs> given the claw. People are going nuts. Like he's, he looks like he's in a good place. Yeah. And this is from these stories, like Foxcatcher and, and the wrestler and dark side of the ring. You, these are not happy endings are not what these guys usually get. Yeah. 
And these guys have to decide, essentially, do I want to be famous in this sense or do I want to get away from it and do something else? And it's, it's, a, it's an impressive decision to do that because, obviously, I, I cannot imagine the feeling of, you know, a cra- even, you know, a couple thousand people who are there for you cheering for you after you just did all this wrestling stuff and people are all on board with it. I cannot imagine the adrenaline rush that goes with it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, absolutely. This is why, impressive. this is why I can't get off Twitter after yesterday's tweet. So <laughs> <laughs> chase, chase, chase that dragon, baby. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay. What do you got for your next one? Okay. So this is one I, uh, I, I, I thought about a long time and I, I landed on this one. It's the Godfather. Oh, nice. So, so not, not the aspects of the mafia or, uh, any of that. It's the family, sure. the family, family dynamics, because this movie is so, so, so focused on my brothers, our family, our brothers, my, uh, you know, family, 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 family. It's so focused on that. And for the first probably hour and a half, you're like, well, why are they putting so much focus into the family? And then when the tragedy starts hitting, that's when it starts punching in the nose. Sure. And you're like, oh, that's why they put all the emphasis on the family. And The Godfather is, you know, it's instead of the mafia, it's wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's this is what our life is. And the and there's even interesting dynamics when it comes to brothers and the like like Sonny being Sonny being the oldest, but he's he's a little too hot headed. And Michael being the youngest but essentially ascends to being the guy in charge. And because Sonny died, and then at the same time, Fredo's the older one, but he's an idiot. And so they, and there's a, there's a lot of that going on in this film. Sure. Like who gets the title shot? But it was like, well, I'm the oldest. It's like, but, but he's right here. We'll flip forward. You know, all the, it's my turn. Is it not my turn? It should be my turn. It, it, there's a lot of that going on. And, the Godfather was the first thing I thought of when it came to that kind of dynamics. Yeah, that's a great one. I hadn't thought about that at all, but that is exactly the family dynamics here. And everybody is kind of, uh, you know, kind of fighting for their place in the family and, and who, you know, who gets to uh, succeed in, in their father's footsteps. And yeah, that, that's a really good one. And I, I would imagine that that is like, you know, sometimes on this show we're we're talking about... Um, you know, maybe kind of out of left field puzzle pieces, but I, I'm sure that Sean Durkin was thinking of the Godfather when uh, Makes sense. putting all this together. So absolutely. That's a great yeah. one. Um, this one also kind of goes right into that, but uh, David O. Russell's the fighter, which came out right around the Ooh. same time as the wrestler, but uh, Mark yep. Wahlberg and Christian Bale are, are both, you know, a family of boxers and, you know, that whole family dynamic of, uh, you know, who is going to get, you know, that shot, who deserves it, who is going to, uh, you know, be able to continue in this, this career. And, uh, you know, another movie that deals with what all that does both, uh, on, on a personal level to the individual and, you know, just how damaging the sport is, but also to the family and how it breaks apart the family at the same time. Uh, so, you know, you kind of get both of those levels in there. You also have the the perceived slights and self grandioseness of of Christian Bale being like, I knocked down Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard. And it's like, eh, did you though? Like, yeah. It's like, well, you're in a you're in a crack den right now. It doesn't matter if you rock down Sugar Ray Leonard. And it's like, it it it's that that's a really good point. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, 
in in both films it's like well we're family we're going to support whoever gets the shot yeah and the shot is given and they support them and uh it's it's a it's a family it, it's it's despite it all when the when when the rubber meets the road it's time to fight mm-hmm. we are in the corner of the person you're supposed to be in the corner of yeah it's uh that's our that i don't it, it's such a strange kind of subgenre of like moody sports movies mm-hmm. like yeah. it's the the wrestler and the fighter and foxcatcher in this and it's just kind of like it's got that kind of same kind of grime to it where they're all in the same realm though the fighter at least is a little bit triumphant right at least right like you you do get you do get the it's like well nobody nothing like it, there's some bad stuff that happens but nothing like you can't come back from right right like all the stuff in the Iron Claw, nobody's coming back from that stuff. Yeah, n- like, not only that, but even like the highs aren't that high. Like when the one no. when the one brother wins the belt, he's just he's just sitting at the kitchen table, just drinking a beer, and he just doesn't really even know what to do from that point forward. Like, and yeah, and then he uh, uh, spoiler alert, but it, uh, then he immediately gets on his motorcycle and loses a leg. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, you know, and, and like you said, the high, how high are the highs? Mm-hmm. Like it, this is. We're not talking about, you know, the peak of WWF and and Hulk Hogan, you know, the Von Erichs beat Hulk Hogan. Generally, in a general sense, they're local guys. Right. Like, they went around, they had they were financially successful, but it's not like they were, world, like, the, the general public knows who Hulk Hogan is. The general public doesn't know the Von Erichs. Right, right. And... There, uh, that's that's another really interesting point. The the highs just don't really match the incredible depths of the lows. Absolutely. What do you got for your next piece? Okay, uh, so uh, I was really racking my brain here because I was trying to think. I I I almost went with another unorthodox one. I was like, no, no, that's that's uh, I was really stretching. Um, <laughs> uh, let's do much more stereotypical. Uh, King Richard. Okay. Um, with uh, uh, obviously about the Williams sisters and uh, Richard uh, Richard Williams, their father, um, that that's it's one of those things where you're like, how much do you actually love something, and how much is it propagandized onto you? Like I was, it, it's kind of a weird, obviously dichotomy between the two. But I was thinking about it's Christmas time, and I was listening to a Christmas station, Amy Grant's. Winter Wonderland came on and I thought, well, that it's like, oh, this is a great version because this is the best version because Amy Grant makes the best Christmas album. I'm like, wait, wait, does she make the best Christmas album? Or it's just the one my parents pushed on me when I was a kid. And that's the only one that I've ever known. Sure, yeah. And same thing. Is it great? Or is it just your parents' parents' passion that made you do this? Same thing with King Richard. Like, is it something they want or is it something he wants that they just happen to be generational talents at. Yeah. Same thing with this. It's like, is it, is it, where's the passion for the wrestling? It didn't seem like they're into it because it's always been a thing. Yeah. But is it something they actually love? And I think that's the one of the reasons Ken Von Erich is able to step away because it's like, I don't know if the love for it was ever there. Right. Like it's not hard to step away from wrestling. It's hard to step from his family. That's what he decides. Sure. Absolutely. There's that great scene when he first meets Lily James, his love interest. Yeah. And she's like, you know, what do you really want? Is like more ribs. Like he's just, yeah. just like a simple, you know, guy. Yeah. Like, you know, he just wants to be happy basically. So, and, and then right after they said, I just want to be with my brothers. Yep. That's what he wants. That's all he wants. And they're wrestlers. So I'm going to be a wrestler. That's what he cares about. So I, I get it. 
I'm going to go with a uh, maybe out of left field one here, but I'm going to go with Jim Cummings' Thunder Road. Uh, this is a movie basically about a police officer who's kind of having a mental breakdown following a string of just terrible <laughs> things that's happened to him. And it's devastating, but at the same time, very funny at moments, um, but kind of deals with the emotions of a guy who is supposed to be tough and supposed to be in the, he's in this very masculine line of work and he isn't supposed to show the cracks and that only exasperates like his issues and, and makes him lose it even harder. And that's like kind of the main thing of Thunder Road and what makes that movie so funny. And obviously, as we've been saying this whole time, this movie, uh, you know, it's, it's not going for jokes or anything like that. But um, the fact that this guy who's just this, incredibly jacked Zach Efron, you know, like wrestler. Incredibly. It's, it's ridiculous. He is so jacked. It's like, <laughs> like they said, they said, yeah, Jeremy Allen White gained 40 pounds for the movie and he looks like nothing next to Zach Efron. Half the size. Half the fucking size. Man. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, so for this guy to be showing just how broken up he is about everything going on, like it, it's a tough thing. And uh, yeah, that, that just reminded me a little bit of uh, you know, this should be tough guy, you know, showing all the cracks in, in Thunder Road. That makes sense. I mean, it's like, and, and one of the things that I, probably the thing I like the most about, and this surprised me the most about Iron Claw is how good Zac Efron is. Yeah. Yeah. And how, how, like you, you, ex, you you're used to the like cocksure, funny Zac Efron and you know kind of that kind of dynamic and that's not what this actor that's not what this character is mm -hmm. he is very like reserved and kind of solely focused on wrestling and everything like that but he, he just it like it's just the a mask the masculine breakdown that he is allowed to have and eventually does have that's the thing that really got me at the end of the movie him him being sad about the law, the, the first time he really gets to sit in being sad about his brothers being gone. Yeah, yeah. That's when I was like, man, like he never really got the opportunity because it was just a nonstop train of tragedy. Yeah, absolutely. It just keeps going one after the other after the other, just nonstop tragedy. He never gets a chance to really process any of it, all the while being, you know, pushed to continue this career and, you know, the family and just everything. It's just, yeah, it's. It's a really incredible performance. Um, what do you got next? Okay, this is my last one. This is a, this is a bit of a stretch again, but I, I, I think it applies. Uh, it's Ordinary People. Okay. Um, with, you know, the film of Ordinary People is, it's, it's much more of a family dynamic drama and the, the bad guy is the mom in that situation as opposed to the dad. But with Ordinary People, it's... It's people dealing with the tragedy of a lost family member, and in this case, a brother. Sure. And, um, and it is a, it's kind of a breakdown of why is why do I feel the way that I feel? Why is this affecting the entire rest of my life like this? Mm. As opposed to, well, I should be able to move on and my life can continue as normal. And the Iron Claw is so much in the face of like. Well, yes, there's this tragedy, but I'm going to continue. Mm -hmm. And eventually it caught up to absolutely everybody, except maybe the patriarch for it's everybody else is like, I can't handle going forward the way they way I am. And in fact, some of the brothers themselves as the, like when they're going through their struggles, it's like, I just want to be with my brothers. Okay. So, and, and, and 
full disclosure here for if anybody who uh, doesn't know me personally, uh, my brother passed away probably about six months ago. Mm. And this movie hit me really hard with it, especially. So um, three of the brothers had passed away and there's a little brother that they didn't know. And after the last one dies, they all meet in the afterlife for this brief little scene. Yeah. And I just was, I was a wreck. <sighs> like it was emotionally a problem. <laughs> and yeah. And, and it was one of those things like I knew the story of the movie and I'm watching it going like, oh no, this, oh no, oh no. And knowing, knowing with the directions it's going. And it's just such a devastating feeling of the corresponding love and the tragedy. Yeah. And man, having that come together was just, and yeah, that's why like ordinary people is such a heavy movie with that exact thing. Like I cannot get over this tragedy. How am I supposed to move forward with this? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Yeah. I mean, I, first of all, I'm sorry uh, for your loss, but you know, I also, I just, I, I can't even imagine that because um, you know, I haven't lost anybody, but what I do know though, is that there's no right way to process any of it, you know? And so for all these guys mm -hmm. in this story, um, you know, they don't really even know what they, you know, what they want to do with it or how they want to move forward yeah. with it. And so that sequence, which, you know, this movie, you know, it is a little heavy on melodrama and that sequence, but like, you can see how that is like uh, a personification of not knowing, you know, what to do with it or what comes next. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that like you said, it's, it's like, don't know, not knowing how to handle everything. Like it, you know, I, I never thought I'd be in this situation, obviously, where I'd have to deal with this. And, yeah. and I was like, okay, well, you know, however I feel is how I'm supposed to feel. And then every time I felt something, I'm like, that feels wrong. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's such a, it, you're, you're playing with your own emotions about how it actually is supposed to feel. Right. And, and then after a while you're like, oh, I don't care how anybody thinks I should be mourning or what. And then, uh, yeah. And then the, just the, the levels of, uh, sensitivity from really masculine men yeah, yeah. that are allowed to come through in this movie. It's uh it was uh, it's touching. I, I, it's one of my favorite parts about it. Absolutely. That, uh, you know, that fits really well with my final puzzle piece, which is going to be Rocky Balboa and ah. that incredible centerpiece speech that he gives to his son about how it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. I mean, that is this Kevin, uh, Von Eric character in a nutshell. I mean, that he takes all of these horrible hits, but gets back up and keeps going. Basically, that's like what we talked about with the wrestler as well, in that he decides not to, you know, become self-destructive or just, you know, bury himself in work or or this this career or anything. He decides to live, basically, and to go forward. And uh that that's such a, you know, the way it's presented in Rocky is so you know, it's so perfect and uh, mm. it fits so well here as a, a perfect parallel to what Kevin's going through. That's really interesting. It's like you said, how, you know, and, 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 and in that same parallel, how hard you can get hit and still get back up. It's like, can't imagine. So uh, this film, it's actually excludes a Von Eric brother hmm. who also passed away <laughs> because Sean Durkin said, it was one step too many. I, there was plenty of tragedy. I didn't need to add another dead brother onto this. So essentially, like, That's in insane. real life, this guy lost five brothers. 
wild and and that's about as hard as you can to get hit and somehow able to recover from it i mean i cannot imagine the devastation so yeah, yeah. uh jeez <laughs> And that is yeah, crazy. To, that's crazy to learn. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna read down our list of puzzle pieces here, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts. We talked about Varsity Blues, Talladega Nights, Foxcatcher, The Virgin Suicides, The Dark Side of the Ring, The Wrestler, The Godfather, The Fighter, King Richard, Thunder Road, Ordinary People, and Rocky Balboa. Um, I, I'll just say like for a first thing that I wanted to mention, I was also almost going to bring up some link later. Uh, the mm. scenes outside of the wrestling matches, just, they felt so yeah. authentic, like authentic of people hanging out in the eighties. And I really loved between that and the soundtrack, which is very classic rock heavy. Um, I, I just think that, uh, Durkin really does a great job of like, you know, uh, capturing that moment in time. It's just really, uh, it's really cool how well he captured that. I agree. And it, it, it's, it's one of those things where, um, I, I really enjoyed the idea of suburban West Texas yeah, because like it looked, it looked like suburban West Texas to me. It's like, Hey, pretty calm. Mm -hmm. A lot of space out here. It's like kind of, yeah, it's like, that's, it's kind of what suburban Texas is like. So, I mean, and, and I like what you said about Linklater too. It's very like suburbia and, and, you know, days to confuse, especially like outside that arena yeah. as they're going in. Yeah. yeah. Very much those kind of vibes. I agree. Absolutely. One other uh, closing thought. Um, the song, I didn't even realize it was a, uh, original, uh, that I want to live forever or I want to live that way forever that the, the younger brother plays at the party. Um, really? Yeah. It's an original song. It's, it's eligible for Oscars, although I'm sure it'll get drowned out by a million other things. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I just cool thought song, I didn't know that. Yeah. And I, I think it's a really great, uh, fake, uh, garage bands song, you know, cause it, it's, a, it, it sounds it, like exactly like a, that. Right. It's like, a, yeah, it's like a step above like mediocrity. Right. Right. But it's not, it's not great. Right. Like, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. You're like, if your little brother came out and started playing that, you're like, yeah, there not you go, bad. boy. Like, not bad. Exactly. Great point. Yeah. So I just wanted to shout that out. Uh, but any other uh, closing thoughts you had? Anything you wanted to mention before we wrap it up on uh, the Iron Claw? Uh, so also at the premiere were the uh, were the four main actors who played the brothers. Mm -hmm. um, Zach Efron and Jeremy Allen White, uh, I would guess, are about 5'7". Mm -hmm. They're nice, pretty normal-sized guys. And then uh, Stanley Simons and uh, uh, Harris Dickinson are probably about 6'3". <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's really funny seeing all four of them on, on stage together. So it's like Zach Efron, Jeremy Allen White, and oh, look at these two. And and then, uh, yeah, so it's, it's just kind of funny to see all four of them. And uh, I thought... It's it's an exceptionally acted movie. Oh yeah, I thought I thought everybody was great. Just uh, it's a bit of a bummer, but uh, a <laughs> very well done film. Bit bit of a bummer indeed. Uh, yeah, and I, I would just say we didn't really talk about him, but Harris Dickinson is so good. Um, and this e exceptional. Yeah, like and you think of and especially if you watch Triangle Sadness last year, mm -hmm. and you're like that guy and this guy. It's like well. It's like, oh, just like tall, skinny uh, guys who don't have the shirts on to be rough. And it's like, no, no, no. They're wildly different, like, couldn't be vibes of couldn't be more different. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that does it for the Iron Claw. Ben, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to uh, recommend to my listeners? Oh, uh, man. Well, this is the worst time of year I know. to be a film critic because it's like, oh, you know, normally I, I, I balance between new releases and stuff I've been stuff I try to catch up on and uh, not can't do that this year no. uh, because I, there's just too much stuff. 
Um, I just uh, just watched uh, Vim Vendor's Perfect Days, okay. uh, the uh, the Japanese international film submission. Uh, good film, good music in that one. You're really big uh, if you get a chance to watch that. Big fan. Nice. Um, and then uh, I watched uh, and then Maestro the other day for the first time. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I not a fan. Uh, it, it's it trying a little too hard uh on the flip side of mu- good music color purple excellent oh i haven't watched that yet uh, i need to excellent job mm-hmm. excellent and uh i sat there were a 10 boisterous talkative black women behind me in the showing i suggest everybody have this exact same experience when you watch the movie yeah because they were they they enhanced every they were singing along they were saying lines they were they nice little commentary. It was wonderful. I, I couldn't. Speaking of which, I very randomly got to see this at a special, the, the Iron Claw, I got to see at a uh, special press and a wrestling slash MMA club screening. Oh, man. <laughs> it, that I bet you we didn't talk about a crazy crowd. Yeah, they were into it. All of it, especially uh, we didn't mention Ric Flair. Uh, <laughs> no, oh man, the guy who plays Ric Flair is so good. It's ridiculous that guy. But uh, oh, yeah, they oh, were going God. nuts for Ric Flair's little uh, little cameo. So uh, yeah, and, and Aaron Dean Aaron Dean Eisenberg. That another shout out to that guy. That guy comes in and just like he he's barely as Ric Flair, and you see like the kayfabe fall off about like oh he's he's in in front of the camera and then back behind the camera. You're like this guy is great. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Ben, uh, tell people where they can find your podcast and everything you're up to. Oh, you can find me on the Twitter space at Neb is Ben on Instagram at Neb dot is Ben uh, blue sky and threads as well. If those things are still around, uh, my uh, podcast is target audience. Uh, you can find that uh, wherever you get your podcast, follow it on Twitter at target odd pod. Um, you can uh, listen to all my episodes. I have 10 up now. Uh, number three is uh, Isle of Dogs with Mr. David Rosen here himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, going through making clips for that. Got a, got a bunch coming up this week. Uh, doing Amelie and West Side Story later this week. So, I mean, nice. still chugging along. And find me wherever you want to on the socials, and I'll probably follow you back. I'm not that mean. <laughs> awesome. Well, Ben, thank you so much for joining me for this one, and hopefully we'll get you back again sometime. My pleasure. I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harrison. We co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years, and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best picture, and some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984. And we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about the Iron Claw. Thank you to Ben Miller for joining me on that one. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you're enjoying piecing it together, make sure you are subscribed. There's so many episodes on the way. So if you subscribe, you'll find out about them as soon as they come out. Uh, You could also drop a little five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Spotify, wherever it is that you're listening. That would be very helpful if you did that. And don't forget about our Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces Facebook group, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. 
I also want to let you know about our Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from this podcast, Piecing It Together, also awesome movie year, and from my music career. Lots of great stuff over there on the Patreon. If you want to support the show in that way, I definitely appreciate that, and uh, lots and lots and lots of stuff hitting that Patreon in 2024, so... Now is a good time to check it out. It's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. So check it out. Maybe subscribe. It's uh it's it's Christmas time, right? It's the holidays. This is get it as a gift. Can you get Patreons as a gift for people? I don't even know, but uh maybe get it as a gift for yourself. Um <laughs> that does it for today. Let's close this out with a piece of music like I always do. And, you know, I've been telling you guys about the uh, 24 for 2024 thing that I've got going on next year, where I'm going to be releasing a new single on the first and third Fridays of every month, 24 new songs in 2024. It's a ridiculously ambitious thing that I'm doing. Um, But I'm going to play you one of those songs. How about that? Uh, This one, you know what? This one actually sounds like it would make for a good wrestling intro. So let's go with this one. It's called At the Gates, and it is one of the songs that will be out in 2024 as a single. I hope you enjoy it, and we'll be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.